Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host, the million dollar man himself, Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? It's a dangerous nickname to carry around. Like, you know, what if... <laughs> Like for what if I like I'm 70 and someone calls me that and like what what am I supposed to say? If yeah, you there, if there you used win to be a, mil- a game called DFS, <laughs> <laughs> it's now defunct and no one plays it anymore. It's completely yeah. gone by the wayside. But back in 2019, <laughs> yeah, right. Once you've won a once you've won a millionaire maker, you are officially a million dollar man. Right. And Fair enough. And we might Fair as enough. well we might as well just jump off here. You've been crushing the DFS streets lately. How are how are things going for you, buddy? Yeah, it's going all right. Uh, well, it's going well. I mean, trying to stay hot. Yeah. You know, had. Uh, we talked about the NBA win last week, I think, had that. Mm-hmm. Um, came in second in the juke in football last week, so that was good. Trying to keep it keep it going this weekend. I'll be on Establish the Million with uh, Drew Dinkmeyer tomorrow. If you want to hear my good good football takes, if this you probably you go you can hear this in, in the past, because by the time this comes out, that will have already happened. But then you go back, if you're an ETR subscriber, you listen to Establish the Million, you then you win a million dollars on Sunday, and that's that's how it all goes. So Doing go. things in reverse order here, but that's okay <laughs> yeah. because this thing probably won't come out until Sunday night, Monday. We'll see. Uh, Maybe, but we are yeah. recording late Friday night. It's been uh, it's been a full week for Gary and I, both in the NFL and the NBA streets. So we figured we push this thing off a little bit because uh, we don't have really too much pertinent sports information to talk about tonight. But we do want to get into some kind of macro hobby discussion, and I think we can just jump off from there, Gary, because the, the DFS streets have treated you well recently in the last couple of years. And the card streets, obviously, as well as why we're here. We're here to talk about sports collectibles, sports cards. But man, it's been rough lately. Um, I, th- I think the people want to know if you're consistently posting five-figure, six-figure scores in DFS. Is there really any reason to still be investing in sports cards and sports <laughs> collectibles right now? Uh, I, I say that in jest, but but seriously, yeah, no. I think this is a good uh, a good point to to talk about with so many la- so many ways for us to. Uh, you know, play around with our discretionary income and for us to, to turn this hobby into some form of investing, right, uh, with with sports. It's been a rough couple of months, a rough quarter, uh, at least last couple of quarters for sports cards. So just what are your general takes on where we are in the hobby right now? I'm in an okay place. Like, I, you know, and and to to, to your point, I mean, I, I'm never going to not be doing it just because it's something I love. But also, right. I built up such a big inventory and everything that it's like it has to be a part of my life. With how busy – and you were just talking about like the fact that we're recording Friday night. Like, we're both at the time of year right now. I think we're just incredibly busy. So, unfortunately, I'm finding cards like just at least my active selling uh, – not be as active as I want it to be right now and or even as I would need it to be just to keep my inventory moving, you know, I've been in flowing. But um, no, I, I feel okay about where we are because we had the only reason that you even look at like say the last two quarters as something that's really in the red is because of what we peaked so high to. And we've spoken about this before, but right. you know, we peaked so, so, so high back in like April, May and that area that it was unsustainable. But what, if you really look sit from from there, once we've leveled off, you look the last three to six months, um, we're we're fine. I mean, we've leveled off. If you look at just the card ladder index as an example, uh, for the last six months, you know, barely any change. I mean, the last quarter, uh, the it's up five percent, but you just barely any change on that card ladder index, which is like what the fifty of the of the most famous cards. Right for, for the last three to six months. So it's really that we're going to see the, those red numbers because of how mm-hmm. high we hit. But if you really look at it, you know, take a, take a step back. Generally, I think for stuff that is rarer, we're at a really solid spot. 
and you know, it's all the th- same thing that th- we've talked about with the bottom falling out from under us is is the base of it all. Which that's where I think we could really have the conversation once again is is our base cards dead more than yes. our sports cards dead. You know what I mean? I think that's such a good point to start because the card ladder index index, which has been such a uh, just kind of a basis for us to to base the interest in the hobby off of and the the health of the hobby off of has kind of been a good point for us to look at. But they break that down even further. If you look closely, you can see that they've got low end indexes, mid end indexes and high end indexes. And just looking at the low end, it's down 14, 14, almost 15 percent over the last quarter. Based off of just my sales volume, based off of the bids that I'm seeing, that makes sense just anecdotally from from my action, from my yep. volume. And we kind of had expected that. Even in recent episodes, we had stopped talking about base PSA 10s as a player's market and shifted more towards silver refractors to explain players and you know even more colored refractors, numbered cards, because I think that's where the hobby is headed. As you mentioned, we were just in this what, 18 month, almost two year cycle. That was just this crazy bull run through the COVID run, through the last dance run, and everything was going up. And we've seen this in a a number of markets recently in the last 18 to 24 months where just everything goes up. And eventually that's just not sustainable. And the stuff that wasn't supposed to be valued where it was in the first place is the first thing to fall off. And we're seeing that in sports cards too. The base cards were the first thing to fall off. And, And if you were buying base PSA 10s for probably any player in March, April, May. You're probably not feeling too great right now. But if you take a step back and look at kind of the mid end, um, some of the stuff that Gary and I are investing in and even the higher end stuff that Gary is definitely involved in, that stuff is up. Uh, Not only is the high end stuff leveling off, the high end stuff is continuing to rise. The high end stuff over the last quarter, uh, as calculated by Card Ladder, is up 14%. Right? So, I think it's just, and we've talked about this, and you've been really, really harping on this too, Gary, is just how healthy it is to see kind of some of this base stuff level off, which we needed it to do for um, young people to get involved in the hobby, for people with less money to get involved in the hobby, but the high-end stuff continues to rise, as that's what we would expect long-term anyway. Exactly, exactly. You, I couldn't have said it any better myself. And if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, uh, way back, way, way back, however many months ago we started now, uh, I, I was talking about this was my investment strategy from the start, right? Like I was never the one to be investing too heavily in base cards, right? Um, the, even when I was in breaks, the stuff I was chasing was the high-end stuff. And right. obviously that's not something that is sustainable for for a lot of people. I completely understand that. But I always was interested in stuff that at the very least we knew what was in circulation on it, right? Um, even I would chase color refractors or patch autographs over silvers, even though silvers I still think are in a very healthy place, just because we still don't even know the full circulation on something like that. So I just felt much more comfortable knowing the rarity, the scarcity on a specific card. And I, I continue to do that. And that's why my overall investment thesis as a card collector has been 90% that, um, you know, refractors, short printed, colored, and even if I am probably tilted towards ultra modern with my overall inventory, I feel okay with where I'm at because you look at those mid-end and high-end um, indexes and you feel pretty good about where those are. And even the mid-end, which is you know still slightly down over the last three to six months, it's pretty much leveled off like, we, like we've seen as a whole. So it's the low end. I think there are a few interesting questions on the low end for people that are listening to the show that are maybe involved with a couple hundred dollar budget or a few thousand yeah. dollar budget and want to spread that out around a few players or around a few sets whatever the case may be, is there any reason at this point, if you're trying to use this as a uh, you know, money-making hobby, will there ever become a point, do you think there's any sort of reason at this point to invest in the base PSA 10 stuff that we had talked about uh, long ago in episodes past? 
Yeah, I think there's certain things that you can do if you're if that's where you are are looking still. So I think if you kind of look before 2018 and you want to try to look in the raw streets for like say for basketball, like Jason Tatum's year and earlier, Devin Booker, Nikola Jokic, those years and earlier. I think if you want to look in raw or like PSA nine stuff like that that you think you can kind of be within your budget, I think because those pops are going to remain relatively low, I think there's going to be value there. And then my other thesis just from an American sports perspective is going to just be quarterbacks. You know, we've yeah. seen, I, I just think that is still going to be a safe place to play, even as some of those pop counts get high um, on the ultra modern stuff. If you're looking to kind of be investing, be interested in in the new releases, your budget sitting around stuff that may be the, the base of it all. I think that's the places that I would be looking if, uh, if if you are interested in staying in those streets that I think you have, uh, you know, more of a safe, uh, you know, it's, it's just a more safe overall investment than kind of just going willy nilly trying to buy Zion rookie cards that are base, you know, base PSA tens or whatever it might be. Right, right. And I agree with that. I think there are some some base stuff that the the hate on base cards in recent months has gone a little bit too extreme. Uh, I'm just looking at Kawhi because I happen to see auctions yep. ending recently. We've talked about Kawhi in the past and obviously he's injured. Um I don't even know if we know the status of where he'll be this season. That's probably still to be determined. Yeah, mixed mixed thoughts on if he's going to come back into all this season. You, you hear different things all the time. Right, but we're talking, and I'm not good at these historical comparisons. You're much better at them than I, but we're talking about a uh, you know top overall player, clear Hall of Famer, won multiple NBA titles, multiple NBA Finals MVPs. Uh, pop count on that 2012 Prism base is 1,100, and that thing has dropped precipitously over the last six months. It's down 57%. You can find that thing for anywhere around $775 to $800 right now. That's one of those things that, yes, I understand the base card hate has kind of gotten to a point where it's it's tough to get excited about base cards in general, but if there if there was a set or if there was a player or if there was a, an era to get excited about, it would be something like that 2012 yep. Kawhi Prism. Uh, completely agree. You know, and we've talked about that whole 2012 set in general. I think any of those big rookies from that set are in a good spot. Uh, Clay, Draymond, Kawhi, maybe not Kyrie, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. So, yeah, great point. And yeah, I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi, they just named the top 75 player of all time, and I think well, well deserved. And you know, he's I still, even if his best days are behind him, there's more to add to that that career. So those are those are great targets. People like that for sure. You've, you've alluded to your strategy already. Uh, we don't need to rehash it too much, but just for, for going forward, let's say 2022 and beyond, starting fresh with the new year, what is kind of your overall investment thesis with with sports cards and how you're deploying your funds moving forward? Yeah, yeah. It hasn't changed too much. I mean, just for where I'm at right now with focusing on trying to build the fantasy side of things, I, I alluded to just buying this this house, the apartment that we bought in, right. in the city. Uh, I just have not been on a super, super high-end buying streak. You know, Obviously, when I see things are undervalued, like we were talking about Mahomes the other week, I will definitely be trying to pick things up. So that's where I, I'm at. We'll get into this episode, some some uh, buy, buying windows and buying opportunities, maybe in NFL and NBA a little bit. Um, but that's just where I'm at. Like when I, when I, because I'm so involved in the actual day in, day out of NS, at least NFL and NBA, uh, you know, when I think, Oh, somebody's slumping, or I think this is a buying opportunity. That's when I'll kind of dive in. And, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like investing in any other market. You want to try to buy, you're, you're looking to buy the dips. You're never going to, you're never going to nail it uh, necessarily, but that's where I'm at. And then, you know, still I'm interested in basketball and football the most. And then I'm really interested in trying to get into some of these alternative sports. So F1, I still feel really, really good about. I mean, always, again, this is a great op, uh, indicator. Look at the wax prices 
uh, to, to see how things are rolling. And F1, I mean, it's just crazy what those 2020 tops and uh, tops Chrome Sapphire have done. It's it's just nuts. Two almost two thousand dollars of boxes for the Chrome Sapphire now. I mean, it's almost tripled from when I started, uh, you know, investing in that stuff. And then I'm, you know, goal of mine is to learn a little bit more about soccer and UFC, just because I think there's real opportunity there. So I'm trying to kind of get into those alternative sports where the circulation and the distribution um, isn't as wide, and just overall the production might not be as big. Uh, that's that's where I'm looking right now. And then, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's same as everything. Just the, the shorter printed stuff is what interests me. And if not, I'm looking in to try to get out of the ultra modern range into, as you've mentioned, maybe early 2010s, 2000s players, guys that I know are short file Hall of Famers. Just an overall safer portfolio. I'm probably not, because I feel like I do have a good amount of risk already in mm-hmm. what I own, I'm probably not, you know, circling out. You know, if I, if I was checking off the box of what my investment strategy is right now in this, it wouldn't be like, super aggressive it would probably be right. moderate to more conservative i'm i'm really glad because we didn't talk much uh off air at all but i'm really glad you went there with the niche sports because that's yeah. been probably both uh, at least since we've started this show your most successful venture was getting involved with f1 Definitely. and my most successful venture has been getting involved with ufc and i think that's such a good point um something that i'm a, a firm believer in obviously is someone who strictly does showdown content for uh, NFL DFS and, and really doesn't try to pretend to be a main slate expert, doesn't try to be pretend to be an NBA expert. If you can just simply own your niche and know more about one thing than the rest of, in this case, the hobby knows about that thing, you can really find some success. And Gary's done that with F1. I think Gary's probably one of the most knowledgeable F1 hobbyists that I know. Uh, and I think that I've been able to do that kind of with the UFC, just diving deep, deep, deep down the UFC streets. Um, and trying to better learn that market and have had some success with, you know, betting on Hamzat pretty aggressively when those things were cheap. But I think that's a great point. Just, just trying to find a niche and whether that might be soccer for you or WNBA for you, or if you've tailed Gary on F1 or me on UFC, you know, just trying to really understand those things, I think is a great point. The other thing for me, just in terms of, of how I plan to deploy my sports collectibles funds going forward, I'm, really doubling down on fractional at this point um we had a we had a good run today with rally rally uh dropped the declaration of independence oh i got in on early access on that hell weeks yeah. ago, man i love that thing i'm so I, I am glad you did and I, I i love rally because they offer so much more than just sports collectibles so much more than just sports cards um but i think today was just a great and it wasn't gimmicky it wasn't just for marketing uh, i know rally is built for the long term but today was great for for onboarding new users for uh, an offering yes. that is truly once in a lifetime and i think that they were successfully uh, able to do that and more importantly they announced after that they are moving towards life trading so something you and i have talked about is once you invest in a card it's yes. locked up for 90 days yep. and then you can only trade it during a you know one day trading window basically during business hours and if your shares aren't matched or if it's not at the price you want then you've got to wait another 90 days to trade again to buy or sell more again so they've they're they're doing live trading now which is going to allow a lot more liquidity in that marketplace and that's something that I'm very excited about and having seen high end cards continue to rise and high end sports collectibles continue to set new records seemingly each and every auction um, I'm never going to probably get my hands on those unless I want a Millie maker or something like that myself. But uh, I want to have a I want to have a piece of that upside, if you will. And yep. with things like other investors on the site, being able to trade back and forth with and buyout options, we've seen a lot of buyouts recently on rally with other wealthy investors who just straight up buy the asset outright. Uh, I think there's plenty of upside in fractional still. 
Yeah, it's a fascinating world as I'm getting to learn more and more about it. We, I think you had tweeted out they had bought out the uh, the shoes a couple. What was it, oh last man, week. yeah, I was bumped about that too because uh, I owned a good amount of of that. Yeah. And, uh, it, and it was you explain where the shoe was. It was the Kobe. Uh, um, yeah, LeBron, so LeBron High School. Right? So the, the great thing about <laughs> Rally and these fractional sites, and we got to give Dibs some love too, because there's some stuff that's completely uh, undervalued as is on Dibs, yeah. uh, you know, let alone not even baking in some of the upside, just just as truly undervalued. But these shoes on Rally were one of these true one-of-one one items, which has right. been a good point of, of yours, that if you're going to invest in something on Rally, it's going to be something that you know you'll never get your hands on in real life. Like you've got a lot of uh, you know, national treasure RPA stuff that someone like myself would be would be stoked to have their hands on. But these shoes were gifted from Kobe to LeBron in high school. And then LeBron wore those shoes against uh, in a game against Carmelo, yeah. which obviously as we know the history there. Now Carmelo and LeBron are playing together. But they were also not only that, they were also 9-11 tribute shoes, of which there were only 30 in total made. Uh, and this obviously is the only pair that was worn by both Kobe and LeBron. So the whole story kind of comes full circle with LeBron uh, finishing his career seemingly in L.A., winning a title for L.A. And, man, I just it was just one of those pieces that truly like you, it's it's hard to set a value on something like that. Right. right? Because Nearly it is impossible. truly just it's one of one. And uh, I think the initial offering price was one hundred and eighty thousand. And they got a $200,000 off. And I was thinking, man, you know, it was like a 12% ROI off a of last trade. And I'm just thinking, this is this is a clear no. The 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 ultimate bull case is that LeBron just buys these things outright to put, to, you know, to dis display in his home right. or something like that. Or sure. some other wealthy LeBron collector buys them outright. Um, but it was just, it was pretty cool to own a piece of, a small piece of that. But I yeah. was, I was pretty bummed out that that, 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 that buyout offer was accepted. When I saw those go up, however many months ago, that was one of the first. I was like, "Oh, I have to have my hands on yes. these on a piece of this right away." So that's the bummer. You know, the downside of fractional is you, it could just be scooped out from your hands. But if it is, at least you know you're probably making money that way if a buyout offer right. is going to be accepted. So it's a cool market. Uh, you know, they uh, yeah, rallies rallies awesome. Dibs is doing a great job, and you know you're going to get thirty, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar cards and way more at times, plus all these other cool collectibles as well. So fractionals are a big part of the future here, I believe, as well. Definitely. Agreed. Agreed. I think we both feel pretty confident uh, just about the future of the hobby. And we don't want to come off as just total optimists and kind of ignore some of the downfalls of of what we've seen over the last couple of months and and potentially future downfalls of the hobby. But I think it's we're in, we're in a good spot overall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, and I think we've done an okay job of, of you know, pointing out what where things have gone wrong. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly you know, within base. And I think there's going to be times that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more because there's going to be dips, you know, it's again, sure. it's going to be like any other, any other industry, any other, um, you know, investment piece, there's going to be times that things are up, there's going to be times that things are down. So. All right, you're on the flagship show tomorrow, establish the run, establish the million trying to help somebody take down a GPP, as yep. you've done the last couple of weeks. Let's Let's help you get prepared for that show a little bit, right? Let's By talking about some week 10 reactions, some week 11 look aheads as we're, we're talking Friday night. Uh, anything over the last couple of weeks in the football hobby catch your, catch your eye? 
Well, I just think in general with football, and then we can kind of relate it to the hobby. I think the biggest uh, fantasy story for sure last week was not only was Christian McCaffrey back for obviously running back for the Panthers, I believe one of your dibs investments. Mm-hmm. But, uh, not only was was he back on the field finally, great to see and and looked like the the old Christian McCaffrey of old. I think we have a, a big second half of the season coming up ahead. But the Panthers went out and signed their former MVP, their fair former uh, you know quarterback that brought them to a Super Bowl in Cam Newton. And he's starting again this week. So I think that's just an interesting place to start as far as both let's take a look at what their cards have done and also let's speculate on what this might mean for Cam and and C-Mac being reunited. Um, The Panthers kind of just having kind of that that swag of having those two guys there and, you know, what those two guys on the field can mean for for the rest of the season, both uh, in the hobby and on the field. So that's where I'm looking. It was really interesting because we we had actually talked Cam Newton, I think one of our early episodes after the draft when the Patriots – ended up with Mac Jones and it kind of seemed like he was going to be the odd man out there. And there really wasn't much interest from, from either of us in Cam cards at that point, but he no. kind of gets the perfect situation, right? Exactly. Going back home uh, in an offense that is, that is led by Joe Brady and is stacked with weapons with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, with Christian McCaffrey, with Terrace Marshall, those things dipped, you know, obviously as they should, when he was let go from the Patriots, those cards were trading around, um, just trying to get back here to, you know, f- where he was during the draft time, $400 yep. for those cards in March dipped to around 300. Those things really fell off. We're under a hundred dollars for his yep. tops Chrome base PSA 10 and have since risen up a little bit. We've, we've seen sales, uh, above 150 recently. So I think that there is some confidence, at least short term, that, you know, Cam can help bring this team back to relevance after Sam Darnold failed to do so. Uh, man, what a roller coaster ride for Sam Darnold. For for someone like me that was pretty uh, into Sam Darnold this offseason, given the the upgrade in his situation, the upgrade in his offensive coaching staff, it was a, it was a wild ride because for, for moments there, uh, it looked like Darnold was going to turn his career around. And then, my God, it, it just truly fell off for him. Totally. And, and, and give Silva, Evan Silva credit because he was saying, well, it's the beginning of the season that the schedule is great and he's going to come out strong. And I don't think anyone knew he would be to this extent that he would fall off. You know, I think if he, if he was going to, he's going to start out strong, I think he'd be able to at least hold on to that job for a little bit. But boy, did he fall off. It's just like something happens to that guy when he gets under pressure and, yeah. and his head goes somewhere else. And it's a shame because I like Darnold. At USC, I like him coming out. I think, I, you know, I'm not happy with the Giants drafting Saquon, but if they didn't draft Saquon, I think they would have ended up with Darnold. So right. who, know, who knows if that would have been, been any better at this point. So, you know, I, I wish him the best. But I'll say this with Cam. I think, you know, obviously he's going to be most comfortable here in Carolina. He's got – Christian McCaffrey is the best safety valve that a quarterback could possibly have. But if you're somebody that was sitting on a lot of Cam Newton and you realize you just didn't have a window – you know, over the last year now, since week three or four of last season when he was kind of doing things with New England, I would say that you should be looking to sell sooner than later because I do think, I'm just a little afraid, the more we do see of Cam Newton on the field, taking real snaps, throwing the ball downfield a little bit, that we're going to be reminded that he's not the same quarterback that we've had, that we, you know, we saw 10 years ago, eight years ago. That said, I do think he's their best option right now. He's one mm-hmm. of you know he's one of the best goal line red zone threats ever, and I think it still has that that piece to him. And he's back with a, a better supporting cast than he definitely had in New England last year. So I think he's set up for success here. But I think if say he comes out this week and, and you know has a great game and over the next two weeks, I think you're going to get that spike back up there on these cards that you might not be able to salvage again at least for you know the time that he's still an active NFL player. That's where I'm at with Cam. 
I would agree with that point. Uh, you know, especially with these with these base cards that we had just talked about. If you've got Topps Chrome Cam, whether it's raw or graded, I think especially if he's able to do a few things over the next couple of weeks would be a great time to offload some of that position. I don't think the Panthers have what it takes to make the playoffs. I know everyone was excited about Cam turning the corner and getting that rushing touchdown last week, but it looked like he was laboring a little bit there. I don't think, I don't think he's exactly the Cam of old. And and while he might be a red zone threat, while he might rack up touchdowns um, and he is getting the start this week, it'll be interesting to see where his production, where his fantasy production, where his kind of card value shakes out. Uh, To your point on CMC, during the injury, he had really fallen off. His stuff was down um, pretty big over the last six months, about 25%, and has since bounced back now that he's back on the field, up about 4% uh, in in recent months. So I think, again, someone like that, if if you're trying to look at a a short-term selling window, a guy like CMC, running backs we know that their their value can drop off pretty quickly in the hobby uh if you've got some cmc i would i would be looking to maybe offload that position here over the next couple of weeks as well yeah i have this gold vinyl uh one of one from the national convention prism packs oh that's sweet so it's just you know it's not like a true prism card but mm-hmm. it's still a one of one still a gold vinyl i got it slabbed up just to protect it but it's a psa 8 that doesn't matter as much when it's a one-on-one, obviously. There's always that's actually a huge debate in the hobby, by the way. Should you grade a one-on-one? Should you not grade a one-on-one? Can <laughs> it hurt its value? Can it help its value? You know, at the end of the day, as long as it's not completely tanking in, in condition, it actually does not matter. Uh, you know, that card maybe is not the super super the most super high end one of one, but you know, if if there is a desirable one of one of a desirable player, there's gonna be someone out there that'll pay what it's worth or what they want it to be worth. You know, what at the end of the day, that's that's the deal with one of one. So yeah, anyway, I've had that out because I have draft draft of it ready to go. I've been waiting for the right moment to uh to put it up. And I think we're we're right around there. So I'll probably be putting this thing up on Sunday now that he's back fully healthy, a lot of momentum, a lot of people playing him in DFS. Um, I'll probably wanna be one of those people. They're against Washington, not a defense that scares you. So, yeah, C-Mac, uh, you know, just fun to have him back on the field. And it's it's good for for fantasy, good for the hobby. I think the big story of Week 10 was was kind of bounce backs, right? Because we had talked in Week 9 how crazy that week was and how it just seemed seemingly every uh, NFL MVP candidate got decimated. All of the good teams looked awful. Uh, and then we come out in Week 10 and, you know, every everybody that we were kind of questioning – right at the ship as we expected them to the bills come out and went 45 17 over the lowly jets the cowboys put a whooping on the falcons who just laid another egg uh thursday night dak looks like himself again and then also you've got mahomes finally the mahomes and the chiefs offense finally writes the ship 41 14 over the raiders any or all of those names stand out to you did if we weren't panicking right with any of those guys but it kind of felt good to see that on the field again, especially with guys like Mahomes, where we hadn't seen it in a few weeks, and definitely Dak after they laid the egg against Denver and the week prior he had the the calf injury. So any of those guys stand out to you more than the other? Um, Yeah, I mean, for Mahomes, I think the Chiefs we were more worried about than than Dallas, right? And now these two teams face off tomorrow on Sunday, which is really, really exciting. Uh, you know, literally the type of matchups that are, are handcrafted by by the fantasy gods for for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, overall, I'm just happy to see because I, I mean, realistically, the NFL is much better when this Chiefs and Mahomes team is, you know, operating at the strength that we've seen them operate at the last couple of years. And I don't know if they're back to that level yet, but I think they're at least like 80 percent of the way there. It looks like from the last couple of games. So that I'm really encouraged by. 
Yeah, I mean, really, the only weird thing in Week Ten was that the Bucks got, uh, yeah. you know, whooped by by um, by Washington. Besides that, you know, it was it was a real bounce back spot for a lot of people. Josh Allen, as well, obviously, got took care of business against the Jets. So, it's um, you know, I think this is a good opportunity to kind of talk about these are teams, all teams that should be appearing in the playoffs. So, like, just talk about in general, maybe some guys that we could try to pinpoint now that may see their value to continue to rise as they kind of reach towards the playoffs. So, I mean, I have a couple of names in mind if you want me to, to shoot to shoot some out at you. Yeah, go um, for it. Starting with with Mahomes still. Like he he has not seen a major increase um over the last two weeks, which is when we, you know, has he's kind of gotten the Chiefs back on track here. He's still down eight percent over the last two weeks on a silver PSA 10. You know, that card's still sitting around sixty seven hundred dollars according to card ladder. But I do think, you know, they're six and four now, I think. And seven teams like they're going to get themselves to the playoffs you never know what's going to happen from there i would be shocked if and when he finishes the season strong he gets himself to the playoffs if that card doesn't once again rise around that time so that's one guy i'm looking at the other guy i'm really looking at right now and i haven't dove in too yet too heavy yet but one guy that i think would be really interesting to look at is kyler murray right now because the cardinals are eight and two um, he has not played the last two weeks. I think he's starting to leave the football lexicon just for the time being, right? We're talking about Colt McCoy and the card, a lot of James Conner and, um, you know, just all these other quarterbacks we were just mentioning. Lamar is still hot, you know, and Allen and all these guys. Kyler's been playing a little hurt. He hasn't had Hopkins. I mean, he's been out for the last week. So he's been, you know, he's got an ankle thing. And even when he comes back, I don't. I do wonder because they are eight and two and so positioned well for the playoffs. I do wonder if Cliff Kingsbury and that Cardinals coaching staff just takes it easy on him. Is not going to let him run as much. Kind of what we saw down the stretch last year, but but not because you no know, necessarily his ankle is still bothering him. I think I hope if he, they let him back, they just want to preserve him. So maybe we can maybe we can kind of snag some high end Kyler stuff right now uh, at at lower prices. I'm seeing down the last two weeks his silver. Field level select, which is one of my favorite cards, Papa 448, is down about 2%. So just at least you're seeing it start to go that way. You might be able to get these buying dips at a guy that's almost certainly going to have at least a home playoff game probably. Yeah, that field level field level silver PSA 10 is about $760 right now. Uh, that had crested north of $1,000 kind of during the peak of that Kyler MVP discussion. So I, right. I would fully agree with that. The NFC is loaded, which would be my main concern. But if you're if you're looking to buy now and maybe a quick flip into that playoff run, uh, maybe before they get into one of those tough matchups where they could theoretically get bounced, then I, I don't mind that one bit. But man, the the NFC with the Bucks, with the Rams, with the Cowboys, with the Packers, with the Cardinals, it's just it's it's a loaded division. I think you'll get softer matchups. Uh, a softer run towards an AFC championship, towards the Super Bowl from one of these AFC contenders. So I like your point on Mahomes that that once he fully shows it again, right? We saw glimpses of it. We saw it again, what we've come to know from Mahomes. But once we see that consistently now again, they they, they kind of saw the the ball go through the hoop, if you will. And you know, Kelsey did the. I think I got my swagger back thing yep. after the game it was great. And so I I, I think I, I don't want to go crazy one direction or the other, but I think that the the Chiefs, we can declare them officially, officially back. So I love I'll I love the Mahomes you, call. All right, I'll give you another NFC quarterback then that you just mentioned his team that I think you might have a little bit of a window here while all the storylines around them are a little bit chaotic. They just brought in a very controversial figure, yet they're still seven and three and they probably have the most overall talented roster on both sides of the ball. And that is the Los Angeles Rams and Matthew Stafford. 
So I'm looking right now at his 2009 Topps Chrome. It's a, P, a PSA 10. It's only a pop of 113. So easy. But you know, it's only an $1,100 card. You would think, you know, for one somebody that has been a top 10 quarterback for the better part of a decade, probably going to be a Hall of Famer, has a real chance at a Super Bowl this year. Um, it's down now, just from two weeks of a little bit of, of downswing for for the Rams. That card. Um, only four sales, which you know, take that with a grain of salt, but down 26% on those four sales. So oh, we, man. We're going to two weeks where they were selling for sixteen twenty-five uh, two weeks ago, whatever was available, all the way down to a little under 1200 right now. So, you know, if you are looking for something that definitely is a little bit more secure in its overall value, you know, is, is probably a better investment piece than, than maybe flip. But regardless... If you if you believe in that Rams team to make noise in this NFC is NFC thing, and that's kind of your budget. If you have a thousand dollars hanging around for a card, if the Rams struggle one more time coming up here, um, or at least Stafford struggle, you know he has he's he's definitely hitting a little lull here in the mid mid season, and and you know we'll see what happens. But that's that's someplace I'd be looking that you know once we hit the playoffs again, I think we'll be we'll be uh, you know shoot back up. Yeah, I know you talked about him when we did our our underdog draft as a guy that you were in on and uh, alongside Tannehill as some of these kind of these older quarterbacks that had paths this year, but also had upside long term as you know Stafford a potential Hall of Fame guy. The Rams have the third best odds, as uh, indicated by DraftKings Sportsbook, to win the Super Bowl plus eight hundred. He's still got the fourth best odds even after those two primetime showings um, to win. MVP. I don't know if he can do that after what he did against the Titans and the 49ers in prime time. That would be kind of a long shot for me. But yeah, long term, down 26% off of two bad performances. And the Rams are, you know, obviously all in on a Super Bowl this year. We saw from their social media team. We know that they're they're all in on on trying to win one this year. So that is uh sounds like a good bet to me. Anybody yep. else uh established names that you have that have caught your eye? In recent weeks, because I want to get to one rookie. Um, I want to get to rookies too. Let's why don't we right. rookies? Because I have some. Uh, let's talk about the rookie of the year race. Well, let's 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 do that. I think there's there's two guys worth talking about here, and um, you know I'm curious what your take is take is on them. So what do you got in mind? Well, kick it. You you kick it off for me because I know that you've been chasing kabooms. We had talked about that a little bit that you were getting involved in some uh, you know Chicago Bears breaks, chasing some yeah. some Herbert. Uh, I, I want to hear the name that you say uh, in terms of the rookie of the year race and, and see if we're in agreement there. Are you doing any more kaboom chasing with any any NFL rookie quarterbacks or skill position players at this point? Uh, I'm not doing anything crazy when I can get my hands on kaboom. Like I think uh, Target just had some blasters available. I did with like a max of buying four. I bought them online, so those will come in a couple of days. But okay, you know, I just 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 yeah. love the little chase. It's right. it's fun because they're such a great insert. But um, no, I think I think we just have to talk about Mac Jones, right? Yes. And, and the New England Patriots. I think it's yep. the only quarterback, honestly, worth really talking about right now, as far as who at least can make the playoffs, make some noise, has a chance of winning Rookie of the Year. It's going to be him or Jamar Chase, really. I think mm-hmm. there, I don't think there's any other uh, actual options for, for offensive Rookie of the Year. So, um, Mac Jones is hyped through the effing roof right now, and. Yep. I'm curious what your takes are on him because I I have a stance on on a, if I had Mac Jones stuff how I would handle it but I'm curious I'm curious what you think. Uh, I th- I think I know where you're going to go if you had Mac Jones stuff in your hands right now and I think that you would probably sell. Yes. Uh, and, and I am absolutely with you. <laughs> I feel like we uh, just as- up Mac Jones on this podcast. We did that rookie draft. I think we left him undrafted. <laughs> now he's now he's but, by far the best quarter most successful quarter rookie quarterback and we're we're just giving him no respect. So here's the uh, thing. As someone who uh, is much more involved in break breaking in the in the break streets than I am, 
the DFS hate has has kind of gone through the roof because he's not a DFS quarterback. He's no. probably never going to be a DFS quarterback. That's hard nope. to say for uh, a guy that's, what, 11 games, 10 games through his NFL career. But just the way that the Patriots are setting things up for him, uh, it's going to be a whole lot of like 16 for 24, 150 yards and a touchdown, and then yep. they're going to run down your throat 40 times, and they're going to have two pick sixes, and it's not going to matter what Mac Jones does. But Belichick there – the organization around him, the team that they have, uh, you know, they're probably going to make a lot of of NFL defenses and a lot of NFL offenses look bad in route to some strong performances. So I am with you. Uh, I'm not a, a huge believer. My my priors during draft season haven't changed a whole lot on Mac Jones, but maybe that's a bad take. Maybe they should have. But I guess my question for you is: Has the hobbies stance yeah. on someone like Mac Jones changed as you're looking through break streets and and you know, keeping an eye on that thing. It definitely has. I mean, just talk about his kaboom, raw kaboom. It's going for twenty five hundred dollars. Oh my god! Okay. So, oh my god! And, and and like, I get it. He's a Boston quarterback. Yeah. Are, and like, it's that same fan base that just had Tom Brady. They're thinking they just struck gold twice, right? right. And like, and take advantage of those fans that are want to buy him up right now. Probably it was me with Daniel Jones two years ago. Like, wait, right? you know, <laughs> the, the same suckers like that, but. I'm not calling those people suckers because he, I think he will have a very successful career. He'll probably make the playoffs multiple times. Probably make the playoffs this year. He has Bill Belichick at the helm, and he's going to be a good quarterback that is going to that is going to carry success in the hobby because of it. Because he's a quarterback in the New England Patriots. Because he has Bill Belichick, and he'll probably do a lot of winning. Um, I don't think the flash matters as much because of those three things. Sure, he's he's going to be. You know, he's 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 a good solid you know he's going to probably be around for a long time he obviously has all the intangibles as far as um you know x's and o's and and the work ethic and all that stuff so i, I don't think he's going to let himself fail but when you see a twenty five hundred dollar um card for for you know one rookie that has a 10 game sample size that you know it's hard to very much picture the mvp type of upside mm-hmm. i'm not saying we can't do that i mean i'm sure people did say the same thing about tom brady in 2001 or whatever right. but uh, that is just a price that would be too good for me to pass up. Plus, you have just the hype that's gone through the roof through this guy. So, that's the, that's as more uh, Mac Jones stuff comes out, as that guy becomes more the ch- more and more of the chase of this product, not the Jamar chase, just the chase um, of this product. I think I'd be looking to sell as the hype continues there. But that said, you probably are getting some Mac Jones playoff games this year. So, yeah, and hand raised on this one because I, I'm fully applying fantasy and dfs principles to something that is not completely explained away right. by fantasy and dfs he again he probably won't be a great fantasy quarterback at least in the near term Correct. he's not going to put up flashy numbers he's not going to be joe burrow or justin herbert uh he, he's not going to do that but he is going to win games and that team is going to win games and and as much as i wanted to doubt them uh as as many patriots fans as i have in my life Oddly enough, being in Nebraska, uh, I've got a brother and a brother-in-law who are uh, diehard Patriots fans, so i got to listen to them again after they lose Tom Brady and look like garbage. Uh, now they get the second coming, apparently, and apparently. they're going to win a lot of games. But, I, you know, I'm with you. $2,500 for a raw kaboom. We start getting prism silvers and prism refractors out there, and, and those become the chase. Then certainly if you hit on those and you're, and you're breaking ultra-modern stuff, if you're breaking football – then if you get those, I, I think it's a, a good chance to just take some money off the table. I will say, though, if you do have one of those kabooms in hand and it looks good to you, like truly flawless, uh, it's definitely worth 150 bucks to, to grade it because yeah. there's going to be very low pop of those kaboom PSA 10s for, for Mac Jones. And if you were lucky to get your hands on one of those, you turn that $2,500 into something a lot, uh, way, way more real quick. So right. 
Um, but yeah, just to get real football nerdy real quick with Mac Jones, he's seven to four. You got to give him a lot of credit for that. He's completing 70% of his passes. You got to give him a lot of credit for that. 2,500 yards through those 11 games, uh, but 7.3 yards per attempt. Like that's a big number uh, or a small number. That I should right. say that, um, you know, is, is slightly concerning when you're talking about that kind of stuff, but 14 to eight touchdown interception ratio. He, he, he looks good. He looks, he looks calm, poised, controlled out there. He only has one 300 yard passing game of the year. He only has one three touchdown game so far this year. That said, again, we're only 11 games in. It's impressive what he's doing. Yeah. Look at all these other rookie quarterbacks. They are not playing with the same poise that one Mac Jones is. So credit to credit to him where credit is due, but he's a sell for me right now. And last point on this, to, to your point, on the 7.3 yards per attempt, they're scheming up things for him, right? Having looked at this game last night as they played the Falcons in prime time, they're definitely scheming things up for him. There's a lot of running back checkdowns. I think they're first in the league in, in running back completions. There's a lot of quick out routes. They're doing a lot of things well for him. So if you like Gary and I had some questionable priors on Mac Jones's talent compared to some of the other quarterbacks in this league, you can at least take some comfort in knowing that this t- this team this offensive coordinator Bill Belichick is not gonna not gonna put him in positions to fail. They're gonna do things that make him look good, make him look better than he might be. So, uh, at least at least you can take take comfort in knowing that. Yep, exactly, exactly. All right, you've been you've been real busy in NBA, uh, focusing on all things props, all things DFS, continuing to take down large field tournaments. Anything with respects to the NBA NBA hobby? That has caught your eye as we're now, I think, fifteen ish games through the season. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are about fifteen ish games through the season. Um, no, I mean overall, it's been, I think, a, a pretty positive reception to NBA to start this year. Obviously, it does not help that the like kind of darling of the NBA hobby from the last couple of years is on the shelf in Zion Williamson. Uh, I think that hurts just the general hype and and awareness and and just excitement about uh, NBA cards in general. But there are guys like Lamelo Ball and John Morant to keep that ultra modern you know hype really you know strong and 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 thriving. Um, but no, I mean overall, I think the the guy the LeBrons, the Giannis's, we're not seeing too much movement there, which makes sense. I mean, it's early on in the season. We're gonna we've seen LeBron miss a bunch of games. Uh, what am I encouraged by? I'm encur- really encouraged by. Uh, seeing LeBron's teammate, Anthony Davis, kind of really try to put the team on his back when, um, you know, LeBron's been out and he's been playing big minutes. That's always something that's been scaring me with AD forever. Um, but you talk about that 2012 Prism class, uh, you know, that's a guy that I, I'd be t- super cool investing in, especially as you've seen uh, over the last three months towards the end of last season. And then in this offseason, that card's really taking a dip. It's only a pop of 1500 So that PSA 10 is only a $627 card right now for Anthony Davis, for a guy that was also just named to the top 75 of all time, but a guy that is still very young, for a guy that has a ring. Um, you know, that was the card that I was looking at uh, there. Our guy RJ going through a little bit of a slump right now. His defense, still very good. His driving, still really solid, but she's in a big shooting slump, as all the Knicks starters are. Uh, not too concerned there, but if you see that continue and to dip, um, I think you just have some RJ buying opportunities. Uh, but no, it's been a real return of that same class. RJ, Tyler Hero, John Morant. I think they've been uh, having a really solid year seeing Tyler Hero and John Morant get their markets back up, which has been nice. Yeah, and to that point, I want to mention Top Shot, and maybe we can get out of here on this tonight because Top Shot has released their Series 3, uh, releases 1 and 2. We've seen the Evan Mobley moments. Uh, now, finally, with Series 3, Release number three, we're going to get our first debut moment from Scotty Barnes 
I haven't looked at the rookie of the year odds recently. Uh, with the Mobley injury, is is Barnes kind of the the runaway favorite at this point, or has Cade's return done something to keep that in check at this point? Um, I think Mobley is still favored as of two days ago because it's only going to be out for two to four weeks. So hopefully, okay, okay, I, I, I believe so. So hopefully, it's on that shorter end of things. So uh, Mobley, this is from two days ago from Oddstruck, but Mobley was plus one eighty, Barnes plus 300 Cade now creeping back up there. Now he's playing big minutes and looking pretty good. Cade Cunningham is plus 500. So those are the big three in the clubhouse. Mobley, I think would still be a very, very strong favorite for me, as long as he doesn't have any setback with, with this injury, but I'm really excited for those products to come out, but we should mention actually, and maybe we get out on this. Um, there have been new releases coming out slowly in the hobby with football. We've seen a lot of the collegiate flawless stuff. So we, they're, they're the first big patch autos for the Jamar chases, Trevor Lawrence, but it's in their college uniforms. People really like that. That came out last week. Um, it does sustain more resale value than any other stuff in their college uniform called collegiate flawless collegiate national treasures. Um, and you know, it also has that niche market where like, if, um, you have someone that's a huge, huge Clemson fan, they want that Trevor Lawrence out of five with a cool Clemson patch in there. Uh, not for me, but there is a market for that right now. So that's something that's going to see floating around a lot. Um, and then we do have a couple of releases coming up, uh, really more towards the beginning of September. Spectra football is the next like kind of solid football release that comes out December 8th. So we have, you know, three weeks or two, three weeks or so, uh, a solid product with like prism, par- some parallels, some cool patch autographs, some fun stuff there. And then impeccable football comes out 12, 15, which is one of my favorite football products. Actually, I think it's a lot of on-card autos, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, rookie helmet autographs. I showed my 201 that I had from there uh, not too long ago. So you're going to now we're starting to finally get some cool football releases. I think that we'll continue to see those in December, January. Still no word on Prism for football. Uh, basketball wise, we're still have the towards the end of our 2021 <laughs> releases, but we will be cracking the this this draft class in 2024. Maybe yeah, we'll find you know it's, at it's some sucks. point. So, Panini <laughs> one and one, which was a real success last year, was yeah. our, was a, was a new release last year. They put the downtown inserts in there. They had those those timeless moment cards that were sweet, like the vertical uh, big sharpie autographs. Though that comes out on 12 eight for 2021. So we'll have the Lamelo like uh, downtown insert. Hopefully, will be in there and. Great product, very high end, um, and hard hard to hit things if you're in breaks because there's only like two or three cards per box. So that comes out on 12-8, and then um, eventually we'll get flawless basketball as well, and that should hopefully wrap up the 2021 NBA stuff. <laughs> and then F1, no fully full original uh, release date, but sometime in December they're still saying for uh, 2021 F1. So uh, starting to heat up a little bit with releases. All right, I'm going to get us out of here on this. If you're following along on YouTube, I am sharing my screen. Just going to kind of tie everything up in a bow here. We we talked through the market as a whole. We talked through my love for fractional, Gary's love for continuing to invest in high-end cards. And we just talked about Mac Jones' kaboom that that, uh, everyone's going to be chasing. If you're watching on the screen, we've got LaMelo Balls 2020 kaboom pulled up here PSA 10 dibs is offering this thing for $9,000 uh, which is about $2,200 less than it last sold for I think this is a great way to get your hands on one of the hobby's preeminent names and do so at your own comfort level so you want to buy $25 of this you want to buy $100 of this you want to buy $500 of this card you can get your hands on as much or as little as you want by going to dibs uh, check the link in the show notes here but I think that's uh just in the in kind of the vein of the show, we want to make sure that that you guys are getting your hands on the best product and the product with the most upside. 
think a great way to do that is by getting a getting your your hands on a piece of this card at dibs. Yeah, that seems like such a value to me. I mean, let's be real. That card's just going to go up. Lamelo went off once again tonight. He, he looks great, man. He looks he really great. looks like the real deal. To get that kaboom slabbed up in a PSA 10, I, I almost guarantee, unless something really bad goes wrong in his career, that's going to be a value at that uh, at that for that card. I, I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if it is not. With a pop of, what, 36? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. So. Definitely. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with that. We want to thank you guys for being here. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, hopefully we want to bring on some of the guys from Dibs, uh, Ari and Chris and Evan. Great team over there. They've supported the show. They've been great friends to the show. So we want to thank them. Uh, We want to have them on just because they're they're smart guys in the hobby and we want to we want to chop it up with them so hopefully yeah, yeah. and talk we'll about back. the strategy of, of dibs and what their plans are moving yeah. forward as well i mean there's a lot of cool stuff we could talk to about with those guys so we're excited to have them on soon maybe next week and uh yeah please subscribe rate review tell a friend you know obviously as as always we're trying to trying to grow this thing we're approaching episode 30 here we'd love to give a giveaway for episode 30 uh need, need the love from you guys please please do uh you know spread spread the word and on that note he's gary I'm Cody. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone.